I will be providing what I'll call an elite level of mixed training. Whatever pace you can go, you'll be certified as somebody completely capable of performing at a black belt level. So you say, but Aaron, my company won't pay for my certification. I can't afford to pay for it myself. And I'll say, I know because I offer those programs, but I also want to make sure that I can get to those people who cannot afford to do it themselves. This is what we're doing. We're doing a subscription model. This means that you decide how much that you're going to pay by how long you take to complete the program. So here's how you apply. Go to www.esuccess-methods.com slash BB2017. Here's the password. All lowercase E6S-BB2017. Push through it real hard. You could be done in two months. Give it some due diligence. You can be done in five months. If you give it some time and work through it and it still takes you a year, you still saved a ton of dough. So if you can afford $9 per day, you're hardworking and you have a burning desire to grow and develop as a problem solver and, you know, 20% extra potential pay bump wouldn't be bad, I wouldn't hesitate. I would take advantage of this right now. The price is low. And again, I can only take 20. Once that space fills up, that's it. Welcome to the E-Success Methods Podcast with Jacob and Aaron, your weekly dose of tips and tricks to achieve excellent performance in your business and career. Join us as we explore deeper into the practical worlds of Lean, Six Sigma, project management, and design thinking. In this episode number 158, we insert ourselves back into project schedule planning with near perfection and compare several methods of task duration estimation. If you're just tuning in for the first time, find all our back episodes on our podcast table of contents at esuccess-methods.com. If you like this episode, be sure to click the like link in the show notes. It's easy. Just tap our logo, click, and you're done. Tap, click, done. Here we go. Hey, Jacob, how are you? I'm great, Aaron. How are you doing? Jacob, I am doing fantastic. Jacob, we're going to talk a little bit more. We're going to get back into sort of the traditional project management. We left off a few, uh, maybe many months back on the network diagram. I think that was probably your favorite or maybe second favorite episode. Sure. If you yeah. tell me then. <laughs> we were talking about the critical chain. Yeah. And uh, so my plan was to to follow that along and to bring everything through to Gantt charting in the traditional waterfall way. And then I realized there was a bit of a gap in Ooh. the episodes, right? So we had gone from straight from work breakdown structure into network diagramming, assuming uh, that we had already put together task duration estimation, but we hadn't. So this one is really about estimating the duration of tasks. Okay. So uh, for anybody who wants to go back and check out the other episodes, we did the work breakdown structure in episode 39 and 41, and we uh, did the network diagram and figuring out the float and Critical Path in episode 98. So we are sort of filling in the gaps between those two things. Let's make this happen. All right. So a couple very basic things. Uh, how do we estimate task duration? You know, best bet, if you have it, uh, historical data. You know, almost like if you were running a project time and time again, you'd have quite a bit of uh, background information and duration history that you could go to that data and say, okay, you know, uh, this particular task takes this long with a standard deviation of this. I've got that information, and we're good to go. Mm-hmm. Say if we were, we had to install six doors in a building, we know how long one uh, door takes or how long 20 doors take, and we do whatever math we've got to do to make it, make it equivalent. Yep. Then there is, closer to the real world in a lot of our projects, 
um, anecdotal data, which is where you're going to talk to people about, hey, you ever done this? Uh, do you remember pretty much how long it took you? Uh, what was your best case, worst case, uh, most likely case? And then, and then we do some estimations from there. And then, of course, there's my favorite, which is just freaking guess. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what estimation is anyway? Well, some of the, <laughs> it's, it's, it's an educated guess, right? So there's, these are all different levels of educated guesses, right? Yes. Yeah. So the bottom up approach, which is, well, the bottom up approach, I guess, is is still could be based off of all these other things. But at some point, you maybe just sit back in your chair and say, yeah, that should take enough. about three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> that's good enough. <laughs> here's here's my important question, right? Already? Yeah. Who is making this educated guess? Ah. This is the project manager. Okay. They are in charge of putting all this uh, planning together and and uh, finding the resources to help put a true enough schedule together. Yep. Got it. Okay. So this would be the black belt if the black belt were uh, – if they were to do this uh, method with Lean Six Sigma. I don't recommend this for Lean Six Sigma, by the way. I guess I'll just say that. Um, this is really not intended for things where there's a lot of unknowns. It's mostly for those sorts of projects where a lot of these things uh, are known. So, or are consistent or constant for the most part, right? Or easily estimable. Like if you're if you're in Lean Six Sigma, you're trying to solve for something that you don't know what the root cause is. Mm-hmm. You have no idea how really how long that's going to take. Yep, but. You know, if you're straightforward, you're 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 moving equipment, you know, from one location to another. You can make an estimate about that. If you're opening up a plant in another location, some of those things. I mean, things don't always work great, but when it comes, and you, you need to learn to deal with your project schedule in that case. But when it comes to building a building and having facilities there, you're not really trying to solve necessarily for. A complete unknown problem or innovate or agile your way through it it's pretty much stick to the plan and and anything that comes up that doesn't have the plan will deal with it at that time yep that's it <laughs> i mean I would mean, you he's... agile through the uh pr- production of a of a building uh you know i wouldn't especially if it's a known thing so it depends right if it's a if it's a brand new team who's doing this for the first time maybe agile would make sense but if it's a team that's regularly doing this in and out, I don't think you would need an agile part for it. So, uh, and maybe we can add this into the show notes, or maybe in another episode. There's a, a research article, um, and it's and it's a research thing called a Stacy diagram, and maybe we can reference it at a later point. Okay. Um, but I think what Stacy, I think it's Professor Stacy, Stacy, if I'm saying it right, what it what the article says is, if your requirements on what you need to do is pretty much close to agreement among all the stakeholders. And if your technology or what you need to do to implement this is pretty much very clear that it doesn't need anything more than that, uh, those projects should run waterfall. Okay. Uh, But when your requirements are really not anywhere close to agreement and the technology that you're going to implement or the process that you're going to do to execute is nowhere near any sorts of clarity, then that's where something like an agile would come into play. Right. I mean, even like, uh, I mean, that makes total sense. If I think about it, a lean six Sigma project and a development project are almost like a choose your own adventure. You don't know yeah. the direction you're going to go exactly. until you get there. Right. 
Absolutely, yes. So yeah, that, that would be great. Uh, great links to have for this episode or yeah. or a future episode that we might look at, I suppose. Yeah. Despite some of our feelings on this, um, whether or not this is, should be agile or waterfall, uh, let's pretend we let's pretend we've chosen waterfall. And what we're going to do is we're going to concentrate on some of the common uh, methods to do this. This is the three point estimates. And I, sh- I said common, but I shouldn't say common. Uh, there's three point estimates. There's the Monte Carlo simulations that are similar to the three point estimates, but a little bit different. And then uh, a reference I have in here that's uh, the rule of pi. And uh, some of our listeners who may have joined listening to this via Engineering Commons might recognize uh, Engineering Commons podcast might recognize the rule of pi as as something that uh, Jeff on that podcast says. Basically, his rule is whatever it is that I think my project duration is going to be, I multiply times pi because I'm, I'm usually off by that much. Oh, really? I've never heard of that. <laughs> well, that's his own thing. And, um, uh, and last time I mentioned, last time I mentioned to him that I was uh, using that rule, he's, he says that must make it official. So yes, we've, we've referenced Jeff from, uh, engineering commons in his rule of pi, but basically what, what I did is put together a bunch of these things to show how these, uh, different estimates compare with each other with regards to uh, precision and things like that. Mm. Precision just seems like the wrong word for a long-term project. Well, but No, no. Precision <laughs> seems the wrong word when you're calling it task estimation. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. That is a good point. <laughs> so. All right. So let's consider this. I got an example down here. I've got a network diagram okay. uh, here, and yep. the uh, the critical path is is spelled out. It's the uh, the top row or the top uh, line of bubbles. Five days each, A, C, and E. Yep. If you look at that, you say, okay, those are my most likely durations for each task. Mm-hmm. What is the likely duration of the entire process? Add them up. Right. So until fifteen. That seems right. Right. So this is what became apparent to me, mm-hmm. and this is how I would have done it, and I think this is how even the uh, the PMBOK recommends doing it. Okay. The problem is uh, not taking into account variation. Mm-hmm. So all of those, essentially, those are most likely. Those are actually the – well, they're not even – Or maybe the average not, scenario. They're not even the average. Actually, they're the mode scenario, which is even worse okay. than the average scenario. Got it. Right, so um, – one of the first time I was introduced to Monte Carlo, we ran, he ran a Monte Carlo on this. He basically said that we're going to be we're going to be guaranteeing, you know, telling management that we're going to be done in 15 days. But hey, look at this Monte Carlo. You've only got like a five percent of actually doing that. So let's let's really be smarter about this. So that's kind of why I started to put those things together. Got it. So we can get a higher percentage of hitting our targets that we promise. Mm. So that's the problem with uh, with intuition, the the whole f- five plus five plus five thing. That's essentially, yeah. if you really think about that, let's say that that's the average. So if that was the average of A, C, and E all together, and it was serial, and each one of them had a fifty percent chance of being done in five days, right? That's mm-hmm. sort of the definition of average, right? Yep. So what's the probability of all of them being done in- within fifteen days? Yeah, I mean it's. Five times five times five, so it's point six two five. Wow, that was really fast. You're really good at math, huh? Wasn't it it's supposed to be? <laughs> right? It's, it's a probability game now, right? 
It's 0. 0.5 times 0. 0.5 times 0. 0.5. Times 0. 0.5. Yeah. So 0. 0.25 times 0. 0.5 is, I think it's point. It's 0. 0.625 or 0. 0.0625, one of the two. All right. I'm going to have to pull out my calculator here. Jeez, man. It's late in the night. I'm not supposed to be doing math now. It's uh, 0. 0.5 times 0. 0.5 times 0.5 equals oh, 0.125. 0.125. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at it, but I'm like, uh, yeah, so sorry. yeah. So that estimate basically, so that's basically rolled throughput yield, right? Yep. Uh, if we, we talked about that uh, many uh, episodes ago. Yep. But if you really think of it that way, yeah, we really, simple estimate, only had a 12.5% chance of hitting, oh, hitting that. Mm-hmm. 15 days. Yep. So... You know, sort of a back-of-the-napkin way of looking at it. And by the way, before we go too much further, uh really need to tell the audience, there's math in here, there's statistics in here, and there are images that are intended to simplify the math and statistics. So this is one that you're going to want to check out the show notes for. Uh, it's actually maybe really awkward for, for Jacob and I to talk through this, but we're going to give it our best. Good call. Yes. So, so the the real lesson there is, you said it was going to be most likely fifteen days, but now that we really take a look at it, no, by definition, it's it's um, it's almost impossible to hit that number. 15. Yep, twelve percent chance. There are some other more uh, sophisticated ways to do this. Rather than that, that was really sort of just quick and dirty. There's a three point estimate. There's a simple three point estimate, which is basically you take your optimistic most likely and pessimistic. So if you're talking with people, you're getting anecdotal data. And and this, this is what I've done for value stream maps. Actually, it's been very, very helpful to say, you know, on a typical, uh, not your absolute worst day, but, you know, on a typical, what's not unlikely to happen for a, you know, optimistic finishing or, and then there's most likely, and then there's pessimistic. So that's for one, one individual task. You add those up, you divide by three, and then you get your, uh, av- estimated average for that particular task. Mm-hmm. So in this example, we have optimistic is three, most likely is five, which is what we had in the network diagram before. Yep. And then... Worst case scenario. Yeah, pessimistic was nine. Divide yep. all that by three, the estimated average now is 5.667. Mm. We sum all those up for the three steps in series, then it, the estimated average is 17. Got it. But wait, there's more. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, and that's just the average, right? Yep. So again, that's only fifty percent chance of each each one. There's still only a twelve point five percent chance of that happening, uh, based off that definition. So that we got uh, we we estimate standard deviation, and this is where we sort of break the rules a little bit. We uh, before we were doing this whole triangular sort of distribution with three different points: optimistic, most likely, and pessimistic. Yep. Yep. And now we're going, uh, let's pretend it's somewhat normal, and we're going to take the optimistic minus pessimistic and divide that by six, and basically call that plus or minus three sigma. Okay. So uh, that's how we get our standard deviation, is optimistic optimistic minus pessimistic and divide that by six. Okay. All right. All right. Got that? I'm going with you. Okay. Then, if we're still trying to talk about what's the likelihood of hitting our 15-day z-score based off of our initial estimate our intuition Hmm. we convert day 15 days into a z-score using the mean of 17 which is what we got for the mean of this method then we got to plug that in to our normal probability curve 
so that it spits out a probability of hitting 15 days. Wow. Okay. What do you mean, wow? It's, it's, taking, a, it's taking a while now. But anyway, I get it. <laughs> and then we could actually estimate a, uh, you know, what's the 95 percentile of what, what, what day would we likely hit within 95 percent? They call it confidence, but I'm going to say prediction. It's basically plus two, plus or minus two standard deviations. So if you had that mean, you added two standard deviations, say, to uh, 17 days, uh, if the standard deviation was one, you say, okay, but, you know, 50% chance it'll hit 17 days, but 95% chance it'll hit 19 days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. You are listening to E6S Methods Podcast, brought to you by E6S Industries. Join us on our website at www.e6s-methods.com. Journey through success. Are you applying for professional certification in your field? You'll be happy to learn that all this time you've been streaming Jacob and me into your ears. You've also been earning continuing education units, or CEUs, which can be applied toward most professional certifications. You can do your research, all the math, and figure out which episodes are applicable for which discipline, or you can save yourself the time and hassle and just order a CEU report from us. All you need to do is provide us with which episodes you've listened to, and we'll provide you with a portfolio including details about each episode and a certificate of recognition with a CEU breakdown by competency, including leadership, tactics and tools, strategy deployment, and principles and philosophies. So if you have certification on the mind, start here and save some time. Just go to e6s-methods.com slash CEU to order yours. So I've got a depiction on this for the triangular distribution where it shows the difference between the most likely, the estimated, the most likely e- e- equaling five, which is the mode, the estimated, which is the mean, 5.66, and then it shows the estimated standard deviation, uh, just graphically showing yep. that. Makes sense. So that's sort of the mechanics of doing it, essentially doing it by hand mm. for each task, which if you have Excel, it's actually not that hard to do. There's the function for probability yep. density, norms, norms, disk, norms, dist, norms, in Excel. Dist. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. That's three point simplistic. Now there's three point pert method analysis. Okay. Which is very similar. Yeah, it's just giving a little bit of extra weight to the most likely. Mm-hmm. So instead of adding uh, optimistic, most likely, and pessimistic and dividing by three, we multiply most likely by four, and we yeah. add that to optimistic and pessimistic and divide it all by six. Six, which I did not do in my show notes. I typed it wrong there. Uh, 20 plus 12, 32. I- Your math is right. Right, I had it divided by three. That's three, a yeah. copy-paste problem there. Yeah. It is fixed now. The audience never would have known. Yep. And then we sum those up. So the that estimation, instead of the estimated mean being 5 or 5.667, now it's 5.333. So it's a little bit more subtle. gives yep. more weight to the most likely. The, the most likely case, yep. I mean, you're, you're rather than taking the wild average, you're taking more of a... It's the probability again, right? You're giving more weightage to the central piece. Right. And it just happens that I've chosen I've chosen sort of a skew that uh, is more skewed, I guess. To it's the higher more end. skewed, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Then, I mean, it's possible that this could have been symmetrical or skewed the other direction. Yep. In this particular example, um, it's skewed uh, to the right. And, and is the expectation that 
uh, and I and I haven't done a three point in a three part analysis, but uh, is it always four? Is four like the standard way on how you're supposed to do this for weighting the most likely? Yeah, yeah, that's the what I've come across the most. Yes, got it. Okay, just making sure that that's like a standard number and it's not different or in scenarios and different scenarios or something. Yeah, I, I bet there's plenty of people out there who are um, who are messing around with that and okay. probably found their own own ways of uh, doing that. But uh, yeah, the PERT method is multiplying times four. Got it. So all summed up, this is estimating 16 days. And then same as before, we convert 15 days, which was our initial estimate, yep. right? What is Z-score for that? Z-score, exactly. And then so it, it comes out to be a little bit different. We can go through all those different actual answers a little bit at the bottom. But um, these two methods... On the uh, by hand are somewhat comparable with doing it with Monte Carlo. Now, are you familiar with Monte Carlo? You know, I'm not. I've seen a lot, I've heard a lot, but I haven't done one. So this is about almost as simple as the simplistic possible Monte Carlo that there are out there that you yep. can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I use Crystal Ball, and basically every single point in that network diagram Instead of saying, hey, this is most likely five, and add them all up, you say, okay, this represents this distribution model. Each one of these steps represents a particular distribution. Now go through, randomly select from this distribution 20,000 times, and then give me a histogram of how you it know the total like- duration it, it would look like. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's essentially what it does. So in the in the Monte Carlo, using the triangular distribution, uh, it actually estimates that uh, it'll take 18 days rather than the 15 days, and it's only a 5% chance of hitting 15 days. Okay. Right? Yep, that's what it shows that. And and then there's a distribution that shows, hey, you know, you said you're going to take 15 days, and then you promised your boss. And this is what opened my eyes up to the power of Monte Carlo with – duration estimation some of these things like that because we just take i think we take those we take those most likely terms uh in intuitively and take them for granted yep always forgetting the variation and mm-hmm. i can't believe i forgot that that's my rule for crying out loud and i, I forget it all the time what account for variation account for variation <laughs> yeah it's one thing i always impress on the belts because you know all our kpis and everything like that they're all based around average mm. when it's the variation that gets you yep for sure and uh, similarly for the PERT, well, it's called a beta distribution. It's beta PERT distribution. It's a beta distribution that is specifically designed for the PERT method. So it's a little bit more rounded than the other ones. So if you tell Monte Carlo, hey, these all look like the beta distribution, it says, okay, that's great. Uh, looks like you're going to finish in 16.8 days now. So depending on the distribution you use, these are all the same numbers going in as most likely pessimistic and optimistic but a uh, different shape of the distribution it's coming in and out you, of the yeah it's going to give you a different answer yeah exactly so uh, and i got some images there to show how that works mm-hmm. so boy that was uh that was actually pretty quick to go through something fairly complex but at the same time i don't want to spend that much more time on those things either totally agree <laughs> <laughs> because unless you do it, you're not going to get it. So, or right. unless you look at the show notes, you're not going to get it. So, right. talking about it's not going to change it. We'll so. talk a little bit about the how all these uh, roll out, but essentially, looking at the table and on the most of the way down, it shows how all these different 
methods compare. So the probability of hitting 15 days, depending on which method you use, ranges from, you know, triangular Monte Carlo, which says 5%, to uh, the PERT uh, hand calculated saying it's going to be 28%. So the good news is all of them agree you have a very low probability of hitting that 15 15 days. days. Yes. Right. Uh, the bad news is they they vary uh, quite a bit, right? Uh-huh. But what I, what I found interesting, if you go over all the way to the right, is they tend to start to converge a little bit more at the 95 percentile uh, yep. prediction area, mm-hmm. where they really are converging at roughly 20 and days. 21 days. Yep. I so I don't mind doing that. <laughs> it's like... You could use any one of these and be pretty close at the 95%. Yep. Yeah, I see. It's not a bad idea. Except for pi. Yes, I know. I saw that. <laughs> if you really, really want to be sure. So if I took 15 days and say, okay, well. Let me add that by 3.14. <laughs> so 47 days um, Yeah. Uh, with the official rule of pi. Hey, if you can get it by your manager, more power to you. That's sort of it in the nutshell. So let's uh, let's say, what does this all mean? It really comes down to this. If you don't incorporate standard deviation, you almost guarantee that you're going to underestimate the total duration. And though I've never done it before, I like the idea of, of giving a 95% prediction. Or you know, they're calling it confidence, but I don't like that term because it's technically not not true. Um, confidence interval represents something else, but. Uh, and we haven't gotten to that yet, but, so I don't want to. I don't want to be a spoiler. But 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 the reality is, it is some sort of a confidence interval. Yeah, so it's it's not statistical confidence of the yes. mean, right? That's where I'm I'm trying not to mince terms, unfortunately. But it is layman's terms confidence for I'm this confident we can finish in this time. Yeah, ta- tactically, this is where we think we will land. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I've, darn statistics for taking everyday terms and messing them up. Pretty much, yes. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, the, the 95% confidence, I've never really used that in any of my projects, but you know, if I had to do some of these projects where I had definitely had to put some sort of detail in there, I would give a range. I would probably say, okay, I'm yeah, 95% confident that we can finish it in this time, and rather than the old way of just saying it'll be done in 15 mm-hmm. days, don't worry about it. Absolutely, yes. Three-point hand calculation is actually not that difficult once you have – uh, Excel and some of the formulas worked out. They're, they're pretty quick. Um, yep. Matter of fact, I might even put a table together, a template together to do that. I'm sure plenty exist already, though. And what about Monte Carlo? Is that do you need the software or something, or is that Excel? I've never, I don't know how to do. It. I've never seen one done actually. So, yeah, those are you can you can do Monte Carlo outside of um, you you can do them by hand. And Monte Carlo is just sort of a uh, it's a term to describe the process of iterating through. The, the aggregates of distributions together. Hmm. However, Crystal Ball, as the software, embeds the distributions. It, it's like an add-on to Excel. So it, it'll, when you open that, it'll open up Excel. You create your formulas in Excel. You assign a distribution to a, a cell, and then you, then you hit play, essentially, and it iterates through it. Got it. The difficulty in... You do need a software. Otherwise, you're going to have to develop an associated... Distribution for everything. Probability distribution for everything, right. So, Got it. Okay. Uh, they, sh- they shortcut that quite a bit, so that's a good thing. That's nice. Um, yeah, it literally just takes seconds to spit out an answer uh, to do that. 
All right. And I said it gives greater precision, but you're right. I mean, it's just precision and estimate are a bit of a oxymoron, really. <laughs> exactly. And there's no telling. It, it, precision doesn't matter if, if accuracy is off. All of these methods assume that, on average, you're correct. And there's yep. no way to test that. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> there's no way to say, okay, we estimated it would take this. <laughs> Did it? <laughs> and, and again, at the end of the day, it's an estimate. Right. I mean, what is this being used for? It's help, helping you and your team plan. You know, when if when should you schedule certain things, or when should you align certain things? Especially, you know, it's important for cash flow reasons, right? You know, when should mm-hmm. I buy this particular part, or when should I buy this particular equipment, so that I don't sit on it for too long? Right. You know, from that aspect, it's from a planning aspect. That's where this comes into play the most. Right. When do, when do we need to get the electricians, and when do we need to get the the problem is when you see that you're you're going to miss your schedule, and this will come maybe at a later date. You do all kinds of different things to catch up. Mm-hmm. So the no matter how long how this plan works out, you're still going to hit a bump in the road where you say, okay, we need to hire 15 extra people to go do this to make it happen on time. Yep. Or whatever. So, Jacob, can you quickly summarize what I just said? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we're talking about task estimation and how should the best way, how, what are the different ways that exist out there? I don't think we're recommending a best way. Uh, but, you know, there's either the historical data method or the anecdotal method or, you know, most common, which I think is uh, educated guesses. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, you know, the couple of things you talked about is, you know, the intuition way is just add up all the three cases. But then, like you mentioned, it is the average and it's not necessarily the standard one or not counting for the probability of missing those. So to account for that, we came up with a three-point estimate, which is a simple version, um, which was optimistic timeline plus the most likely timeline and the pessimistic timeline, sum of all that divided by three, uh, which gives you, and then you convert that into a Z-score against the average and see how that goes. So that gives you somewhere an idea on where it needs to be. The other was the three-point PERT analysis again, which is a very similar formula to the previous three-point estimate, except, you know, the the most pessimist is weighed heavily, a little bit more heavier, and you kind of do a math on that and follow the similar, uh, again, convert it again to a Z-score and find the standard deviation and figure out what the best that case is going to be. And then the last option in front of you is a Monte Carlo, where you're actually translating it to a distribution and uh, trying to see how that fits into everything. And you have a beta Monte Carlo, uh, again, which is rather than a normal distribution, or not, I don't even know what the first distribution was, but triangular, a triangular you know, distribution, it's more like a beta sort of a distribution on it and trying to see how that comes around. And then, of course, we have Aaron's uh, unofficial rule of pi, which you sum it up everything and multiply it by pi. And I don't think it was Aaron's, it was uh, the engineering podcast, right? You gave credit to John for that? Uh, Jeff, engineering Jeff. comments, yep. Yeah, Jeff and engineering comments. So luckily, uh, like Aaron pointed out, uh, at the 95th percentile, pretty much everything's converging. Um, actually, even if you look at the 50th, 50th percentile, everything was kind of nearby also, but that's the average again. <laughs> but right. pretty much, yeah, it's, uh, it's again making sure that when you do estimations, don't just think of the best case scenario or the average scenario because you're not including the probability of things. So keep that in mind when you are, if ever, doing any sort of task estimations. And then uh, some at some point in the future, hopefully soon, we can uh, we can see how we do it in the agile world. For sure, I think uh, 
common sense rules, hopefully, in the Agile world, and maybe we can see how that would help. Enlightened and educated common sense, I hope? Um, f- uh, not necessarily. It depends on a lot of things, and we'll cover it then. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love it. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jacob. Awesome, Aaron. Have a good evening. And thanks, everyone, for listening. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to episode 158 of the eSuccess Methods podcast. Stay tuned for episode 159, where we continue on our discussion on project schedule planning, this time the Agile way. Don't forget to click like or dislike for this episode in the show notes. Tap click done. If you have a question, comment, or advice, leave a note in the comments section or contact us directly. Feel free to email me, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at eSuccess-Methods.com or on our website. We reply to all messages. If you heard something you like, then clamor and share it. Don't forget you can find notes and graphics for all shows and more at www.e6s-methods.com. Journey through success. If not climbing up, you're falling down. If you see any organization that claims to be the one certifying body, they are lying. There is no such thing. The only way to judge the quality of a certificate is by the capabilities of those who have earned a certificate from that institution. There are some that are very good and there are some that are very, very bad. And because you are a listener to the podcast, you should be able to trust that we, Jacob and I, know what we're doing. I personally have trained over 1,200 students in the body of knowledge. Go to esuccess-methods.com slash bb2017 with the password, all lowercase, e6s-bb2017. Fill out the application, start looking for some certification projects, be ready to learn.